0: Isn't it great to give unto the Lord, to give back many blessings He's blessed us with? He deserves our praise, our glory. Amen. All that we can give Him. Amen. As we're staying, we can go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, The book of Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ye may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. I want to teach you tonight from this title, A New Creature in a New World. New Creature in a New World. Amen. God bless You, you may be seated tonight. Nearly 530 years ago, an event happened that forever changed this world. As the saying goes, something like in 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and he discovered this new world. And so thus began the race for the world powers to populate and to claim all of this new territory. Uh, They weren't sure what it all entailed, but they were excited about the opportunity uh, to expand their kingdom and their realm and their reach throughout the world. And lay claim and conquer this uh, this new world. And so there were those who raced over here for their personal and selfish desires to dominate and control this new world, while others came over here to escape tyranny and to seek out God and to be able to worship Him freely as they chose. And so in every new world, you have those two types of people, those who are looking for an opportunity to follow God and follow after Him and build His kingdom, and those who are seeking to build their own kingdom. And so one event can separate and yet connect two worlds, the before and the after. And there are many events that can be traced back and throughout all of time that have this effect and had this effect on the world. And one of the most altering events was the one that literally changed time itself and the calendar, I guess, is when... Jesus Christ was born that he literally changed our calendars and now how we are counting from B.C.E. to A.D. as in Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. And so the year 2021, the year of our Lord. Uh, so two worlds were separated and yet connected by a single event. Although those people living in that time, I don't think, they, I don't think it was that much of a shift. We obviously can see that shift now. Uh, but I don't. I don't. That might have caused a lot of confusion uh, back then. And say, hey, it's not this, It's not the year negative one. Now it's the year zero. Uh, so they weren't keeping track like that. But from looking back, uh, now we keep track based on that event. Uh, and so, uh, two worlds can easily be separated and yet connected by a single event. We have the pre-fall world in the Garden of Eden, and then we have the post-fall world, life outside of the Garden, all initiated and connected and yet separated by one event, the sin of Adam. And whether we have caused this world-altering event or we are alive to live through this change, the truth of the matter is that it is a different world than it was last year, last century, and yet as much as me, we may want to go back, we, we can't. Adam, As Adam and Eve were ushered out of the garden of God, and they stepped foot onto that new terrain and that unchartered territory, that new land, onto that parched, dry, thorny ground, with that first step, I would imagine that they immediately longed and desired to turn around and to go back the world that they came from. And uh, take me back. I want to go back and hit rewind. I- I'm not liking what this new world is offering and the old world was much better and I want to go back to the lux- luxuries that I used to have and the comforts of the old world but as you and I know that that was an impossibility for Adam and Eve. They must move forward and walk in that new world that has been formed by their sinful event. And as as time progresses, all of these monumental events has this effect and obviously we can't turn back the hand of time and so all the things uh, in the past that me, we may like and want to go back to, uh, it's really kind of an impossibility for the most part. They will need to do their best, Adam and Eve, to walk in the paths and to make the right choices and to seek out God. No longer would God just show up on schedule. No longer would he come down in the cool of the day and to walk with them in the garden. No longer did God do that. But now in this new world, Adam and Eve would have to seek out God if they wanted to walk with him. And through his grace, he would show up and converse with them. Would they continue to seek the kingdom of God or would they seek to build their own kingdom in this new world? Their son Cain, obviously we know, chose to conquer this new world and to carve out a kingdom for himself. And he forsook the ways of God, and thus he went off on his own way, exploring this new world. And it was all for him to conquer, uh, to build himself a life according to his desires. And as the timeline of the Bible illustrates for us That the majority of humans, after Adam and Eve, uh, chose to conquer this new world for themselves while forsaking God and His laws and commandments. Thus, they polluted this new world with more ungodliness and unrighteousness and making it harder for those who were seeking to live a godly life. And it gets to the point where this new world is so corrupted that really there's only one righteous family left. And we see this come to pass in Genesis 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Within a matter of a few chapters... And so of all this evil that has surrounded and filled and polluted this world, uh, there was only one family that found grace in the eyes of God. And it's amazing by the grace of God that he allowed this, this family to uh, escape this coming judgment. And we know the story how he had him build the ark and they, they carried them safely through to the other side. Uh, but it's, it's sad to see how the world... Uh, so quickly, uh, got to such a point where God says, "I got to start over." It's already been a new world since my my people Adam and Eve uh, messed up and now went on out uh, out of the Garden of God. But now here, within a, a thousand or two years or however however many years pass, it wasn't much. Uh, now, all of mankind has corrupted and polluted itself, and uh, wickedness was so great that God says, I, I got to start over. And so, as we are turning the pages of the 21st year of this millennium, I find myself turning these, watching these pages seem to be turning faster and faster days quickly turn into weeks and weeks into months and now we are readying to close out July 2021 and enter August 2021. And COVID began nearly a year and a half ago. Can you believe that? a year and a half ago and I, I can't believe it's been that long and yet it, it doesn't seem like it. COVID has become a, a landmark event. Where there are distinguishable differences from before and after. And uh, as, you, as you can tell and as you know, it's not over yet. Uh, this new world that we are now living in is still transforming. Uh, our feet haven't settled yet and we are unsure of what the ground holds. Uh, and we are still in the proverbial arc being transported to a, a new world, a, a world that we don't have any control over, a, a world that is being formed and constructed by, not by righteous men and women, but by people who I believe want to conquer and command the new world and to build a kingdom for themselves. And here we are just wanting to find a place where we can seek God and to worship Him freely. In this new and uncertain world, we want more of God and more of His guidance to help us make the right choices and to lead us in the paths of righteousness. And the others probably want less of God and want to remove God from every aspect of the new world. And as soon as the ark has settled in the new world, Noah and his family Uh, get off, and what do they do? The first thing they do is they build an altar. Hey, this is a new world, and I'm going to start it out right. I'm going to start out by worshiping God and and giving God thanks and and building Him an altar. A a new world, free to worship God, but sadly, it, it wasn't long until unrighteousness captured the hearts of mankind, and now this new world, another new world, if you will, is now under world domination by the city of Babel. Everyone has come together to build this uh, the Tower of Babel, and uh, uh, mankind got together and was obviously was against what God had commanded to go out and uh, fill the earth and multiply. And they decided to meet in one place and just run the world from that one place. And so, what did God had to do? God had to disperse them. Uh, because they ignored uh, God's commandments, and so within one chapter of this new world being formed, when the unrighteous rule the world, they don't want the righteous around. Uh, and, and so within one chapter here, the whole world unites against. Basically, they're going against God. they say, we're going to build a tower to the to the skies because if if this God floods the earth again, we will survive by our own works. And we, will, we don't need God because we can build a tower to escape any flood. And so uh, by them coming together and building this, and obviously the, the reaction and response of God, it was not God's will for that to be done. And so this society that came together uh, had nothing and cared nothing uh, about the, the word of God or what he wanted to do. Otherwise, they would have uh, dispersed on their own because that's what God commanded uh, to do. Uh, And so, but what happens is when unrighteous people rule the world, they don't want the righteous people around. Uh, And so what are the righteous to do in such a world? And when this uh, ark named COVID is finished transporting us to this new world, this great reset that is being laid out, what are the righteous supposed to do? While the question seems so complex in an ever-changing ever world, the answer actually is quite simple. What should the righteous do in this new, unchartered new world is the same thing that they should be doing in the old world to pray, to seek after God and to fast and to forsake the desires of the flesh and to follow after righteousness. It may be a new world, but we haven't changed as a people. The only thing that might change is the new world. It is maybe maybe we should pray a little bit more. Maybe we should be fasting more and maybe we should seek God more and to, to turn off the TV and turn off entertainment and get alone with God because It is a new day in this new world, and that means I need more of him. This uncharted territory, I I need more of God's wisdom and direction now than I did yesterday or last year or, or 10 years ago. I haven't been here before, and I don't think you've been here before. And so we had better ask God before we make any rash decisions in this world. A new field, a new world filled with uncertainties should not make the righteous be uncertain. A new world filled with uncertainty should not make the righteous be uncertain, or we should not be bound by fear or anxiety because those things are not of God either. But to the contrary, the righteous should stand more firm in their faith than ever before and in our convictions and more emboldened in our actions because this new uncertain world has caused me to grab a hold of God like I've never had before. And I know God now better than I used to know Him, and I will know, and I know that He's not going to leave me or forsake me. That I have been young and now am old, and I have yet to see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. And I have been in this new world and many other old worlds, and I have yet to see the righteous forsaken. And so we don't have anything to worry about, about any kind of uncertain waters or uncertain futures. Why? Because I know that God is here. God is going to be for his people. He's going to lead us through whatever comes down the, the pathway. Whatever laws are passed, God's going to be there for his church and lead and guide and keep his church because he always has and he always will because our God is faithful. So what the word of God tells me and what my, my own eyes have experienced is that it doesn't matter what world I'm in. God is for me. It doesn't matter what has changed in my surroundings. God is still going to be with me. It doesn't matter what, what world uh, godless leaders create. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper because we are more than conquerors. And we're going to overcome any situation that comes against us in the name of Jesus. And so if we are really honest with ourselves... When we say, I wish things were like the old ways or the way that they used to be, to be honest, uh, what we're really probably talking about are the luxuries and comforts of the old world, whatever old world you want to put in there. We are usually referring to the natural things or material things. Because if we were talking about spiritual things, then we are confessing that we're backslidden. I want to go back to the super spiritual ways that I used to be. Well, obviously you're backslidden. So when we say those things, I don't think we're talking about spirituality. We're probably talking about the luxuries. And so if we were more spiritual back then... Um, You can easily go to an altar and repent and get right back to where you need to be with God. Uh, And so that's all it takes. Uh, But let's dive deeper. How often do the luxuries and liberties of this life, how often do those things make us long more for God? It could be just me, but it seems like the more blessed that we become, the easier it is to forget about God. The more luxuries I have, the more comfortable I am in my conditions and the less that I really need to think about Him because I'm comfortable. Uh, and the less that I, that I need him, even though we'll never say that, our actions can easily uh, tell that by uh, the way we respond or whether we pray or not pray or pray less. We don't need to pray uh, as much because the money's rolling in. But when the money starts drying up, then we start hitting the knees and hitting the altar. It seems like we're, when the luxuries are here, we kind of forget about God. But once they are taken away, then we start seeking God and putting him first again and seeking the kingdoms of God. We're told about a church like this in the book of Revelation. Uh, it says, Under the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works that thou art neither hot or cold. That I, I word that thou were hot or cold. I uh, it's not being on fire for God or being cold, dead, backslidden. Uh, this in context means uh, the water that was back then, they had a useful purpose for cold water and they had a useful purpose for hot water. But lukewarm, they had no purpose for it. And so God says, I, I want you to be purposeful. I want you to, to, to be involved. I want you to be active. I want you to be awake and not asleep because if you're asleep and you're lukewarm, you're not really useful for the church. You're not helping out. You're just kind of showing up and taking up space. I, I would that you were be hot or cold. And so then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, here's why they're lukewarm, I am rich and increased with goods, and I, I have need of nothing. I don't need anything. I don't even need God. And and knowest not that thou art wretched and, and miserable and poor and, and blind and naked and uh, I counsel thee to buy of me gold that is tried in the fire. He's saying what you need in your life is a little bit of fire to purge out those impurities, to purge out some of those luxuries, those things that you think you need, but really they're taking you away from, from your desire for following after me. You need Maybe you need a little bit of hardship to come in your life to take away those comforts so that you'll be awakened And that you will seek me for answers instead of seeking everything else. Maybe the old world that you had your luxuries but you didn't realize how poor you were spiritually. But what is he saying, verse 20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. But no matter where we find ourselves, God is only a knock away. He's not very far away. He's only a cry away. He's only an altar call away. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how long you he's been shut out on the other side of your life. Oh, he, he still wants to come into your life, no matter how long, all it takes is for us to get to that point of total surrender where we say, God, I can't do it anymore. God, I've tried everything on my own and I can't do it anymore. I need you in my life. And once we reach that point, you know that's when he comes in. I think that the the church in in America has lived in, in luxury for so long that Maybe we've gotten used to the world around us, kind of like what uh, the message was on Sunday about Lot living in Sodom and yet his soul being vexed. Uh, I think, and I could be wrong, uh, I think that in order to see an end time revival, the likes of which that we have never seen, the church is going to have to somehow be awakened, at least here in America. We're gonna have to be transported to a place, maybe to a new world, where many of our luxuries and safety nets maybe are stripped away, and and and, and we truly have to learn to lean upon God again for everything. And 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 I personally think that uh, COVID is that vehicle. I'm not against uh, the virus, and I believe it. Obviously, the science and it's a it's a real virus. But I I, I think that people can easily. Misuse things for ulterior motives and purposes. The the French president just said that now you can't go into bars and restaurants or ride public transportation unless you show your vaccination passport. So I don't think it's about I don't think that COVID is about the virus, I think it's about control. That's my thoughts. And and how long until they add grocery stores to that list? How long until you can't buy or sell without a vaccine passport? And and now how far are we away from instead of carrying that clumsy vaccine passport around and risk losing it, why don't you just get a chip in your hand and then you can just scan it? You don't got to worry about losing it because if you lose your passport, then you can't get on uh, the bus and you can't go buy food. So we're going to help you out and do, your, do you a favor. We'll just put a chip in your hand. People may think I'm crazy, but I just I'm I'm concerned. I'm not uh, I'm not taking the COVID virus uh, uh, lackadaisical, but I'm 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 worried about what what's behind it all and, and where it leads and when it's going to end. Uh, and, and so, uh, it, the church in America is used to all of our liberties and luxuries, and and could it be? That's the reason why we're maybe not seeing all the revivals that many other churches across the world are having. Maybe like the church in China, where when missionaries would smuggle in Bibles and the saints would rush to them and uh, they would have, if they had to share Bibles that they would tear the pages out of the Bible and take them home and, and hold them dear to their hearts and memorize every word on those pages because where they live they're not allowed to have the word of God. And so when it comes, they're, they're so hungry for it that they memorize each and every piece of it and they trade papers out and, and they read more of the word of God, maybe that's why they're having a massive Massive revival underground in the church in China because they treat the word of God like that while over here in America the the word of God is so holy we leave it on the table and don't pick it up. that we have apps on our phone, and I don't know if we open them up to read the Word of God, but yet people in churches in a, all across the world who, who don't have the luxuries that you and I have, they, they cleave to every Word of God, and, and that's how they treat it. And, and so even preachers and pastors will get thrown into prison for having a church service, and yet they still have church. And sometimes we have a hard time getting here at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. God forbid, 9 o'clock for prayer. And yet people in other worlds, living things and going through hardships, living lifestyles, that we we would go crazy if we had to live like that here. But maybe that's why they're having revival and we're not uh, having as much revival as they are. Could it be that they're more dependent upon God than we are here in in America? And so maybe maybe this vessel that we're being transported, maybe it will uh, wake us up. I pray it does. I hope we wake up before wherever we get to because uh, I know God has many things in store. And, and uh, the harvest is ripe and white and ready for, to, to be harvested. And, and so there's got so many things in store that God has. And he just needs laborers. He needs the church to wake up so that we can go and experience the miraculous that he has planned for the end times. Musicians, if you would come. And so we feel the, the waves of uncertainty, but now this, this is not the first time that the, the church has been in this type of violent or chaotic or fast-changing world. In fact, the church was birthed into a world just like this. Romans ruled with an iron fist and Uh, You couldn't get away with much with the Romans. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ was the event that ended the Old Testament and yet initiated the New Testament. And the disciples and the believing Jews were transported to a new world where their calm and uneventful lives of yesterday was a thing of the past. In the old world, Peter was just a quiet, calm fisherman who enjoyed the peace and serenity of fishing and sailing out on the sea, didn't have to deal with people, was just out there tying hooks and filling nets and filleting fish, Uh, a nice, easy life. But now, after the event, now after being transported into a new world, now Peter is getting beat. And now he's getting thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Talk about wanting to go back to the old ways. That never used to happen before this event. And now what's changed? Well, the world has become more hostile towards Peter. But that's okay because the Peter in the new world has gotten to know Jesus, who he had no clue about when he's out fishing on the deep, on the deep waters. He had no clue about Jesus Christ. Uh, but yet he had that luxury and that peaceful life. But now in this new world, he's out preaching the gospel and he's getting beaten and thrown into prisons. What's changed? I'll tell you what's changed. He's come to know Jesus Christ. He's come to know the power of the Holy Ghost. He's come to know his Savior. And that has made his life even the more better, even though he faces hardship and persecution and distress, he is is much better off in the new world with less luxury because he has more of Jesus. In the new world, Peter is thrown in the prison and they lock and throw away the key. Well, that's okay because now he's got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So it doesn't matter what kind of keys you got. God, Jesus has given me some keys that I've unlocked the the windows of heaven. And through prayer, God sends angels to open up those prison doors anyways. And so the world can do what they want to do, but they're not going to stop the church of the living God. Because God can open up any door. He can close any door. He can set the captives free. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. He can speak things into existence that are not here presently because that's the God that we serve. You stand with me tonight. Life may have been a little bit easier in the old world, but how close to Jesus really were you? How much of the miraculous was taking place in your life in the old world compared to this new world that we're in? God knows what we need and where we are going. And I'm going to say that wherever we are going, wherever we are going as a people, as a church, as a nation, and as a world, it's going to be better for your soul and for your walk with God than where we have been in the past. We might lose some comforts along the way, and you know what I say to that, good, because we don't need them where we're going. Right. It might get a little chaotic, and you know what I say to that, good, it's going to help me find the peace of God better than ever before. We might get weary and weak along the way, and you know what I say to that, good, good, because then I'll learn to lean upon Him and truly understand that verse that Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. God has equipped and prepared His church to survive any, any, any environment, to be victorious in any environment, in any world, in any government. God's church is always victorious. In democracy, church wins. In tyranny, church wins in dictatorship the church wins why? because that is the destiny of the church that is what God is doing Jesus said I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it we are going to be victorious we are victorious we are on the right path as long as we stay close to Jesus Christ see the church can be so oppressed And so persecuted that it is cornered all the way back and pushed all the way back to the gates of hell. And even still, the church is going to be victorious. You see, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord is going to lift up and raise up a standard against it. That doesn't sound like defeat to me. That sounds like victory. That sounds like we have a promise in the future, that we have a hope. We have something to grab a hold of. And God has given the church spiritual gifts. He's given the church spiritual gifts as we're reading about and understanding even more. Why? To empower it in these days. To equip it and to strengthen it and to fortify it against every attack of the enemy. That's why we need to know the gifts. And that's why we need to release the gifts and and understand the gifts and let them be in operation. Why? Because God has given them to the church to equip us and empower us to, to fight off any such enemy or attack that may come against us. We aren't going anywhere but forward in victory. Do you believe that? That's why we're having a prayer meeting tomorrow night. We're coming together for prayer. Why? In these last days, in these uncharted waters, we as a church got to get together. We got to huddle up and say, hey, we're all, where we go one, we're going all. It's all of us. We're all in this together. We got to stick together. We got to grow together. We got to pray together. And we got to fast together. And we got to seek Him together. Why? Because it's all of us. And God's going to deliver us through whatever comes our way. Amen. Do you believe that? Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. We are here in this fight together. We don't need to focus on our separations. We're many members of one body. Help us, Lord Jesus. To come together as one. To follow
1: your voice. The leading of your spirit. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. All we need is him. Lord, in these days,
0: help us, Lord. Give us a heart after you. To seek you first, Jesus.
1: To yearn after you. Nothing else can say our heart's <laughs> desire. we give him some
0: praise hallelujah Hallelujah. isn't he good his mercy endureth forever hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus the name that is above every name hallelujah we proclaim that name we do everything in that name precious name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah amen we have nothing to fear amen because we are on the path of victory amen and we're gonna go forward together as one body with many members that are working together. We all need everyone on board to work together uh, to face whatever God has in store for us, amen. It may get a little hard at times, but we have each other to lean upon. We have each other to pray for and exalt and lift each other up and encourage one another. That's what the body is, amen. We're a team and we're in this together. Amen. We're going to see the glory of God revealed in our lives like never before. Amen. We're going to continue to seek more of Him than we did last year and in the last, the old world because God has great things in store. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.